listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. And joining us today is Matt Safransky, editor of Western Mass Politics and Insight, along with Natalia Munoz, host of the talk show Via Con Munoz on WHMP. Welcome to you both. Hello. We start in Springfield this week, where on Monday, the city council voted down a non-binding resolution that said police should not coordinate with federal immigration authorities unless there's a court-issued warrant. Some councilors say they voted no because they received the language of the proposal too late, but the resolution sponsor, Adam Gomez, took his colleagues to task. It's not about the people that vote for you. It's about the voters that are going to be created because maybe their parents aren't documented. But you know who is documented and who will be documented and who will remember this day are those kids. Maybe some of you guys won't live to that day, but hey, what it is is your legacy. Now, Matt, you chronicled this meeting on Twitter and your blog. Was it a sense of true opposition to this or was it more of a case of some counselors feeling blindsided by the timing of it? Well, I think that it was a little bit of both. I mean, there's there's definitely, I think, at least a couple of votes on the council that are are solid against. I see this in terms of the blindsiding. Uh, it was kind of, kind of like an accident of uh, of filing and everything. The the version that uh, was Gomez had originally filed, or maybe it was a clerical error. I'm not sure which one it is. Did not have the full language on there, and counselors got the amendment, which was the full language, which should have been submitted originally last week on Monday night. And this is a, a very careful bunch who uh, you know don't necessarily want to step too far out without at least knowing what it is they're, they're going with. Uh, so I, I think that that was definitely a factor in why there were not enough votes to make it happen. With that being said, was it really the late notice or could the late notice have provided an excuse for some of those who uh, were on the fence or against this in the first place? Well, it definitely provided a shield for those who are leg- legitimately against it. Um, I think that there are probably at least two to three yes votes that would have been yes if this hadn't been uh, uh, as late as it was. And Natalia, it's clear there are many, many in Springfield who feel strongly about immigration issues, but Mayor Dominic Sarno has long opposed sanctuary city status. And now this vote. Are you surprised by this response from the city's elected officials? Well, sausage-making snafu aside, Springfield has a huge population of people who are here undocumented. And Ward 1 City Councilor Adam Gomez is absolutely correct when he says their children are going to remember the way you voted today. I'd just like to add briefly as well, I I think that one fair criticism against the we didn't have enough information isn't so much whether or not it was a smokescreen, but there is an argument to be made that in a city as diverse as this, you should be familiar with the issue. And even if you did get it on a late notice, have a stance on on where it is. I'm not sure that that's where I would stand on it necessarily, but I can totally get that argument. Natalia, do you have another word on that? Mayor Sarno, I think, confuses the refugee problem that the resettlement agencies have with resettling refugees to Springfield with the issues that people who are undocumented face in the city of Springfield. They live in fear, not only from the police, but from some of their neighbors who threaten them with calling ICE if there's any kind of argument. Also on Monday, during a baseball game at Fenway Park, Baltimore Orioles outfielder Adam Jones was the subject of a racial slur from a fan. Other ball players, including the Yankees' CC Sabathia and the Red Sox' own David Price, say they've heard similar things before in Boston. Natalia, did it surprise you at all that this happened, especially in such a public place? And how do you feel about the team's, the Red Sox' response to this? It doesn't surprise me at all because it happens everywhere. You know, my last year of high school was in the Boston public schools. There was segregation then. It's still happening today. 
What surprised me, I was very happy to hear the president of the Boston Red Sox speak with such clarity and such respect regarding how he rejects that kind of deplorable conduct and views. Matt, as Natalia sort of touched on, if you think of things like busing in Boston in the 1970s and the fact the Red Sox were actually the last baseball team to integrate, that happened in 1959, Boston hasn't always had a really good reputation when it comes to racial issues. Does what happened to Adam Jones and the other ballplayers prove that Boston still has a ways to go? And what's the responsibility of our leaders, elected and those in sports, to address that? Well, I think, you know, definitely, as as Natalia said, that, you know, the leadership in sports, they know of the the record that they have there. I mean, Yaki Way is named after uh, a figure in Boston Red Sox history, which who does not have uh, an entirely uh, forward-thinking view on racial relations. Tom Yaki, the former owner of the team, who was the owner in 1959 when they became the last team to integrate. Exactly. So I, I think there's a definite, and the city as a whole has a very consciousness of its legacy with, with, with busing. Unfortunately, for some of these things, I'm not sure that you're going to be able to change hearts and minds as quickly as uh, laws have been changed. But I think what is a positive development is, is that you know both sports leaders and political leaders know that this kind of uh, conduct is is simply unwanted in their uh, stadiums. A little closer to home, UMass is holding its graduation next week, and it always includes a so-called Parade of Nations, which features the flags of the nations of the graduates. However, the Tibetan flag will not be among them. Matt, a UMass spokesperson says the university only allows flags during the parade from countries recognized by the State Department. What do you think of that standard? Well, I... Th- I think if it's consistent, then it's fair. But I think a serious question, and I'm not saying this in any way to take a uh, to to make a po- political statement about, you know, the Arab-Israeli conflict. If somebody was wanted to fly, fly the Palestinian flag in this circumstance, what would the university's position be? As far as I know, the State Department does not recognize Palestine as a state yet. If the state, if the UMass said no to that as well then it would be a little bit harder to have a problem with the Tibetan flag. If they said, yes, you can have the Palestinian flag, but no, you can't have the Tibetan flag, then we're starting to deviate from what they claim is their own standard. And UMass actually used that as an example and said they would say no to the Palestinian flag. Natalia, the student will, though, be allowed to hold the Tibetan flag, just not during the parade part of the ceremony. She appealed this week to U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren, who happens to be the commencement speaker, and the senator's office tells us she respects the UMass policy, but is proud of her constituents looking out for Tibetan human rights. What do you think about that response by the senator? Ay, Dios mío. That's what I think. I think Elizabeth Warren, este, be on the side of the student. UMass has no business getting into foreign policy. Remember they did that in 2015 with Iranian students who were studying the sciences and chemistry and engineering. They prohibited Iranian students from taking those courses at UMass Amherst. And then they had to rectify sometime later because they realized, oh, right, we are actually here in the United States where there's a constitution that defends the the First Amendment, freedom of speech. So that goes to those Iranian students, and that goes to this young lady who wants to show the flag of her parents, and her own flag, actually. All right, Natalia Munoz, the host of the talk show Via Con Munoz on WHMP, and Matt Safransky, editor of Western Mass Politics and Insight. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Thank you, Adam. And thanks to you, our listeners, for always tuning into the shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch the shortlist at any time by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or by going to nepr.net slash podcast. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Radio. (laughs) 